We are live. We are live. Let me get some water real quick. Mm. <sighs> love, love water. So good. I also love Diet Pepsi. I can't drink this stuff all the time. However, man, that stuff is good. I'll tell you what, you really want to meet like someone who has like a real addiction problem? Talk to the diet soda drinkers. Like those are the ones that are like ride or die in it for life, man, because that diet soda is so good, but man, it's just so bad for you at the same time. Hope everybody's doing good. Um, I hope that your day's going well. You know, I'm sitting out on my front lawn right now outside of Rasta Ranch overlooking the front. It's a beautiful sunny day. No clouds. The sun is out. My sprinklers are all going, watering this lawn. And uh, if you've been with me for any length of time, you know how much I love a good project, you know, whether it's out in the yard or inside of the house, remodeling something. But one of the things that I guess, I guess I never really thought about, but I was, you know, when I first bought this place in 2020, I guess my thought was like, oh, you know, it's going to take me like a summer and I'm going to have this lawn looking great. I'm going to have it looking perfect. But what I found is that, man, this is actually way more work than I thought because what I thought would just be like some weed killer, maybe a little bit of fertilizer has actually turned into a bigger process to actually get this natural grass uh, weed free and actually like looking really nice. You know, I got a sprinkler system installed last fall. Uh, I hired a landscaper to come out and like aerate, fertilize and overseed it. But it really has taken, you know, two years now to get to a point where it actually looks somewhat decent. But I feel like I'm turning a corner. I feel like I'm making progress. I'm holding out. I'm optimistic because one of the things, as silly as it may sound, that I really want is, like, just a great lawn. You know, like that PGA quality grass. That's something that for whatever weird intrinsic dad desire I have is just something I really want, man. I want to be able to like wake up and go outside and look at just like a beautifully cut green luscious lawn. <laughs> I know it sounds weird, but for anybody that has some of those same desires, like you get it. It's just a silly lawn, but for if there's something there that makes you just proud of the land. And I know that there's going to be some people that are like, but having more grass takes away from the oxygen content in the air by cutting down the trees. Look, I know I know, I know, I know all of that. But there's got to be some way that we can have both. So what I've done is I've made sure that all of the trees that are surrounded by me, at least across the seven acres, uh, are healthy trees, are oxygen-giving trees. And so let me have my piece of lawn, all right? Back off. So... Yeah, as we kind of like dive in today, um, I know it's been like two weeks since I've had a podcast out and, uh, you know, a lot of things have been going on. You know, I've been kind of going through it a little bit. Um, and so I kind of wanted to like recap over the past two weeks how things have been um, with me personally and professionally, things that are going on. And I really wanted to like dedicate this whole episode to, um, to overcoming adversity and this is like a really popular topic, especially in like the, the self-help, um, coaching, 
areas, mentor areas, psychology, even like this is a really popular thing. And, um, you know, I kind of just wanted to give my two cents on it. And I kind of wanted to share with you today some things that I've been doing that have been helping me, you know. And so for the past two weeks, like I said, man, it's been kind of rough. Um, I guess to give you the, the short version of it, uh, you know, I've, I lost two friends um, over probably a three-day period. You know, I lost, I lost a friend last Tuesday to suicide. His name is Travis, um, good friend of mine who I've known for probably about seven years. You know, I met him. I first met him in like 2013 at the gym. Good guy, positive guy. Always had something good to say. Always was giving back and charitable, and a voice for the community and a voice for the for the weak. Um, just a, a really good all around Montana guy. Really good kid. And then a couple of days later, lost. Uh, lost a, an, another football coach of mine, um, a coach named uh, Coach Beeman, Willie Beeman. And uh, Coach Beeman was a guy who I played under for a couple seasons for a, uh, a football team down in Missoula, Montana. And great guy, again, man, just a really good guy, cared about his players, cared about his people, great coach, knew how to talk to people, knew how to get the best out of them. And unfortunately lost him to cancer. So, you know, this was kind of tough. Um, experiencing loss is not something that I'm I'm new with. I've, I've definitely lost, I would say, quite a few people throughout my life to suicide, to unexpected death, to tragedy. Um, yeah, so this isn't anything new. But I think that what made this different I think at least with Travis was that like, you just didn't see it coming. You know, he was like one of those guys that, uh, that was always just so upbeat and positive that you would have never have expected it. It would have been like if, it would have been like if, and I hate using this comparison, but a guy like, I don't know, for those that know, Tony Robbins, you know, motivational speaker, all that. It'd be like if Tony Robbins did it. You know, it would have been like if, uh, I don't know, like Mr. Rogers did it. It was just like one of those people you would just never expect to take his life did, you know. So it just kind of came as a shock, as most deaths do, especially those that come from suicide. And, you know, I'm not going to try to sugarcoat this episode at all either, to be honest with you, because suicide is one of those things that uh, is just really tough to deal with because you have so many questions and you, and you go through so many different, like, emotions along the way with, you know, like, anger to, to guilt to frustration to wishing that you would have, you know, figured out a way to do more or you wishing you would have said something specific in the last conversation that you had with the person. But then, interestingly enough, um, you know, you never get really, like, the closure from the guilt that you're hoping for. And you kind of got to just allow time to go by in order to like finally seal that thing off or or at least you know like find a way to to maintain uh through the grief and and through the entire process of it and then you know because of all of this some things just you know in my life just haven't been getting done one of them being the podcast you know like i said i haven't haven't done one in two weeks and and primarily it's just because well you know um 
I fell short because of some of these things that I've been going through. It just, you know, it kind of just got to me. So, yeah, so it fell short on the podcast. Um, I had a program that was supposed to release a couple weeks ago. That didn't happen. I haven't really been feeling creative, if I'm being honest. And uh, if I'm being, like, double honest here, it's just been harder for me to get started in the morning, which has never been an issue for me, really. I mean, maybe, like, like on and off a little bit throughout my life, but really, like, the morning time is, like, my favorite time of the day, you know, when things are fresh and new and exciting and I get to get up and get after my life. And But, yeah, and I'm sure you've kind of experienced that, too, after a loss or you know, when you're kind of going through it, you know, some of us struggle with depression or PTSD or whatever it may be, but like sometimes it's just difficult getting started in the morning. And it can really like set the tone in a negative way when the first thoughts of waking up aren't good, aren't positive. When the first thoughts of waking up are like, <sighs> you know what I mean? Like you just take that deep breath and you just don't even know where to start. It's kind of how I've been feeling off and on. I wouldn't say every day, but, you know, for the most part, for sure. Um, so, yeah. And another thing here, too, this isn't like a like a woe is me pity party episode either. So I don't want you to, to take it that way because there is a lot of good that has come out of the past two weeks that uh, that I've kind of been going through this. And so I want to share those things that uh, that I've learned over the past couple weeks. So. You know, but I've also been trying to do some of those things to stay on track, you know, like the obvious ones, um, you know, the staying positive, you know, saying the, saying the right things, doing the right things, eating the good foods, keeping busy. But, but all that stuff really just, I don't know, hasn't been cutting it. And I would say over the past week, though, or a couple weeks now, um, there has been some things that have been working. But first, you know, I, I just want to say, too, that, um, you know, this isn't for everyone. Like, like the things that I want to share with you today aren't the things that maybe you would get in, like, a Google list of what to do if you're kind of, I don't know, going through it. Like, these are going to be some things that maybe are a little controversial. I don't know. But they work for me, and that's why I want to share them with you. And, in fact, maybe some of this stuff may even be a little bit backwards thinking. Um, but, you know, again... This is what worked for me. So let's just let's just call this an opinion piece. Okay, we'll just call it an opinion piece just to just to play it safe. But I'm gonna get some water and we'll get into it. <clears throat> so I had to like really sit with this for a minute and um, and kind of like get clear on something that I kind of knew like maybe it was something that uh, that I have been doing or was known for or like had the, the characteristics of um and i wouldn't necessarily consider myself an empath but after looking it up online <laughs> i found out that i do have those those some of those empath characteristics uh i'm introverted uh i tend to um, replenish myself in nature i tend to absorb other people's emotions uh, I have a, a deep level of caring for other people. Um, I dislike crowds. I tend to isolate, <laughs> like like all of those things. It's so funny because like when you're going through something and you type in to Google search or whatever, 
um, and you start to like check the boxes off on all of these <laughs> different things that you're feeling. It's so funny, and it just becomes so obvious that uh, like, oh shoot, this is it. This is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm going through. Ah, okay. So I'm not the only one that's felt this, and it like kind of provides a little bit of comfort. It kind of provides like a soft place to fall. Because it reassures you that you're not the only one that's that struggled before. And because of that, it allows you to kind of get some clarity as to where to go from here. And so, um, yeah, so like I, I really like discovered that for the first time, I think, where it's like actually been completely clear to me that, oh, shoot, maybe maybe being an empath makes things a little bit trickier to navigate as I'm going through them. So, yeah, interesting. You should check that definition out online. You know, and if you're going through it right now, perhaps there's something there for you to learn about yourself as well. So let's, let's talk about a few of these things that have been working for me. Um, number one is... Go work outside. Go work outside. And I don't care if you have property or not. I don't care if it's yours or not. The idea is like, you're just feeling overwhelmed. You're feeling frustrated. You're feeling angry. You're feeling depressed or unmotivated and upset. And that energy is stuck. It's stagnant. It's not allowing you to move forward. And you've got to be able to redirect it from, from continuing to take over. You know, especially like for me, that's what I was feeling. I was like, all of that, all of that like emotional weight was on my shoulders and it just like felt like I couldn't shake it off. It was like I was like walking around and I had this like anchor tied to me. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of what it felt like. And the more that I didn't do, the heavier that it got. But I noticed something is, is when I started going outdoors and I started just doing like little projects in the yard, you know, the stuff that really didn't take a lot of conscious thought or focus or mental energy or direction, like things that I could just go out and do, like, I don't know, mow the grass, weed eat, plant some flowers, water some flowers, paint the deck. All of those little things really helped to um, stir things up a little bit for me. It helped to redirect some of that negative energy that had kind of just been stagnant and growing. And it allowed me to redirect it to a place where I was able to be creative because I had to start thinking a little bit more about, uh, you know, like, okay, what deck stain do I want to lay down? Does it need to be water-based? Does it need to be oil-based? Uh, what kind of brush should I use? What kind of brush stroke should I use? So it allowed me to be creative and to get my mind focused in a direction that wasn't keeping me stuck. And so I want you to be thinking about that right now. Like, what are some things that you could get out and do? What are some things you've been putting off? Like, like what's on that list? I know you have a list. I know there's in that, in that notes app on your phone right now, there's a list and there's stuff you've been neglecting. And if you're f going through it right now, get back to the list. There's something on there right now that you could take action on that's going to allow you to redirect some of those thoughts and some of that negative energy because it's going to help. And so, yeah, for the past two weeks, um, I've been making it a priority every day to get out. And it doesn't matter if it's, you know, for 15, 20 minutes. You know, I'm just doing it every day. I'm being consistent with it every day. Um, last week, 
there really wasn't anything for me to do. So, <laughs> but I know I needed to get out and I knew that there was like this one stupid stump <laughs> that was blocking one of my sprinklers from like allowing it to, to like shoot water into a specific area. So I'm like, all right, today I'm just going to, I'm just going to fire my chainsaw. I'm going to go cut this stump really low so that the, the sprinkler can, can spray in that area. And that was all I did. And there was something really, really special about that. Not, not because like it's off my list, but it was a win. It was like a small win that I was able to chase. And so think about this for a second. If you're in the midst of something that's just been a, a huge weight on your shoulders, you got to find small ways to win every single day. Whether it's cutting the stump, whether it's cutting the grass, whether it's painting the or staining the decks uh, in your at your house, you, you got to find little ways to win. And sometimes those little ways are what seem to be like really insignificant are actually some of like the biggest things that help to move you forward. Whether it's brushing your teeth or <laughs> making food versus going to the store and, and buying it, you got to find small ways to win every single day. So that was the first thing that I made sure I was doing. Now the other thing that really made a difference for me is that uh, I would just go out and run. And working out is great. Like, I, I got nothing against the gym. But there's really, really something special about running. Because running a lot of times is more difficult than, than just a traditional gym workout. It requires more focus. It requires more systems in the body to all find a way, find a way to be in concert together. Like, it just takes more focus. And with focus comes energy. And remember what I was just saying a minute ago. When, when you're, you're feeling overwhelmed and that energy is stuck, you got to find a way to redirect it. you got to find a way to redirect focus, redirect energy, redirect enthusiasm. And the way that you can do that easily is by running. Because it's really difficult to think negatively and try to go and run at the same time. Like, it's really hard, man. It's really hard to like feel stuck and complacent and, and run at the same time because, man, it's like so many things are happening all at once that you have no choice but to be present with, with, with the actual thing, which is running and moving. And that's why I'm saying there's something so special about it. It allows you to, to redirect focus and energy, but there's also like a biochemical thing that's going on, too. There's that good hormone release that you're getting. The, the, the norepinephrines, the serotonins, the adrenalines, the growth hormone, the testosterone, all of those different things that you get when you're moving and breaking a sweat and increasing your heart rate that you don't get when you're stuck in the house, when you're feeling depressed, when you're unmotivated. You don't get those good hormones flowing. And this was a conversation that I had with someone on social media earlier today. They were feeling stuck because they live in Arizona. And for those that do, it's been 
over 110 degrees for quite some time now. It's been really hot down there. And if you've never been in that temperature before, all you can really do is stay inside. And it can get really tiresome and you can get really complacent and feel depressed and unmotivated because you just can't go anywhere. It's just too hot to do anything. But I'll tell you what, when you get in those places, you got to find a way to get those good hormones flowing. You got to find a way to get the heart rate up, to take deeper breaths, to, to run, to move. And so I would just encourage you right now that if you have the opportunity, go run, man. Don't tell me, oh, I'm out of shape or, oh, I can't run or whatever. I don't want to hear any of that. You got two legs, you can run. I know people with one leg that run. Derek Wyda, he's a guy you probably heard of on social media. Dude's got one leg, still runs. So, so you really don't have any excuses. You can get out and do it. It's going to make you feel better. Hell, it's, it's probably one of the biggest reasons why you're sitting here listening to me today. Because when I was really having a tough time with my life and I was down at rock bottom, 30 pounds overweight, living at my mom's and just being a, a, a fat turd, not doing anything with my life, that was the catalyst for me that changed everything. I started running. And it literally changed my entire perspective on my situation at the time and ultimately life and the direction that I wanted to go. So get out and run, even if it's for a short distance. I remember when I first started running, I was only doing like quarter mile increments because I couldn't go any further. It was just so difficult for me to run being 30 pounds overweight. But I just kept showing up over and over every single day for a couple of weeks until I finally got to the top of this mountain that I was running on. And it felt really good. And it ultimately broke me out of my depression and got me back on track to, to living a really rad life. So get out and run. Um, the third thing here, well, actually, let me get some water first. It's been a little smoky in Montana, not necessarily like in the area that I'm in, but uh, maybe like 30, 40 miles north of me. Oh, look. Oh, baby deer. That's another thing going on, too. It's, there's so many deer out here right now. Everyone's, <coughs> all the deer are having, having their babies right now, so there's just a bunch of these tiny little baby deer with spots all over the place. Anyhow, I digress. Um, what I was saying is the uh, there's a lot of smoke <coughs> in the air right now because, you know, it's been so hot. There's a couple fires in Montana, a bunch in Idaho, and the air quality just isn't great in some areas, but I'm feeling that. So I've got to keep drinking this water. So um, number three, the third thing that I've had to continually remind myself um, as it relates to how I've been feeling over the past couple weeks with losing people in my life is to realize that not all people were meant to outlive you. Let that sink in for a second. You got to realize that not everybody was meant to outlive you. There's an overwhelming belief that people that we care about most will always be here. I mean, that's why we take things for granted. That's why we take most things for granted, is because we feel like they're always going to be here. I did a count uh, of people that I lost, and, and what I found was that 
I've lost five friends to suicide and six others uh, who have just died unexpectedly. And like I said earlier, like I'm no stranger to death, but every time I'm welcomed by those same initial feelings of shock and disbelief before time steps in and just kind of reminds me that, uh, you know, death is a part of life and it's simple math. And I think that we all know it, but I think that we forget it when it actually comes around. You know, it's like it's like we, we, we take it for granted in a lot of ways. And specifically when it comes to suicide, and this is kind of what bugs me about the whole situation with suicide, is there's so many of us that tend to react with heavy judgment. You know, when they say things like, oh, well, that was so selfish, I can't believe they did that, or how could they do that? I, I could never... I could never kill myself because of X, Y, or Z, you know, like whatever it may be. But the truth is, is that people that tend to respond that way have the most biased judgment ever because they've probably never been in that headspace where it was a reoccurring thought. Like they've probably just never felt like death was the only way out. And I guarantee they've never held a gun to their head. Guarantee that they've never stood on a chair and put their their neck around a, a, a noose and it's hard to even think about that stuff right but these are real feelings that so many of us experience at some point or another throughout life maybe not to that extent maybe not everybody plans out how they're gonna do it maybe not everybody like writes the letters to, to loved ones Maybe not everybody like sets up the bank accounts or makes sure that their affairs are in order. Some do. Some just have like those quick initial fleeting thoughts and then they're just gone. But there's some people that actually feel that that's the only way out. And if you've never been there before, it's it's hard to it's hard to even think that it that it would be possible. You know, and there's that's that's happened to me too. I mean, I, I don't really talk about this very much, but I, you know, I, I feel like I could share a little bit about it here with you. I feel like those who listen to the podcast are, you know, probably the, the, the closest people that, uh, that I have, you know, that hang out with me on, on social media. You know, when it was, um, when I was going through everything in 2013, um, you know, I think I've kind of mentioned in the past, but like, you know, I, I had lost my father figure, my coach, and uh, my best friend at the time was an older gentleman named Coach C. And uh, he died unexpectedly. And I was the one who found him in his house uh, several days after he had passed. And it was incredibly traumatic and sent me in a, a massive downward spiral. And in a very short amount of time, a lot of things happened that kind of left me uh, feeling, um, you know, like I had no other option. And one day, it was, uh, it was December 14th, 2013. I only had, only owned one weapon at the time. And I was out of ammunition, and I was going to, you know, try to go and, you know, clear my head and uh, go shoot some targets at the range. And I had to stop off at the store to get a box of ammo. Went into the store, got the ammo, came back to the car. (sighs) 
and just really like had that moment where I could just end everything right now. Yeah, it would it would it would be the end of it all. Yeah, I would feel better. Yeah, I wouldn't have to experience everything that I was going through. Yeah, I wouldn't have to live at my mom's anymore or live with the guilt that I was a a bad dad, a, a non-present father. I wouldn't have to deal with any of that anymore. I could just be free. That was like my 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 main thought was I would be free. And I can imagine that if you've been in that situation too, that that's the only thing that's on your mind is just being free from that pain. So I put a round in the chamber and I had that really difficult conversation with myself. How would how would my daughter live out the rest of her life? What would she know? Would she know the truth? Would she would she be okay? Like you know, I had so many unanswered questions. And I sat there for maybe 15 minutes, I don't know, something like that. And um the sun was out that day. And so I put the the visor, like the sun visor I was in the passenger or in the driver's seat and I put like the sun visor down to block the sun from my eye. And a photo fell. You know, and for a couple of years I had kept a photo of my kid in my visor just as like a little, you know, just as a little reminder. And it was a photo of her when she was 2 years old at Easter and she had on this <laughs> this cute little pink dress. It was my favorite photo of her at the time. And that photo fell. And I just like stared at that photo. And I. I don't know what it was. I just like. It became so clear to me that. I've got to do something else. I've got to. I've got to get a hold of myself. This can't be the only way. There's got to be another solution. One that requires me to take more accountability. One that requires me to, to man up and like really get a hold of my situation. And fix my life. And be accountable and be responsible. And not act like a victim. And not continually stay in the same place day after day. Waiting for things to get better. But actually go out and make them happen. And so I did. It was a long process, but that's, that's, that's what I did. And if you're listening to this right now and you feel the same way, I want you to know that feeling like that doesn't make you weak. It really just makes you human because these are things that we all experience in one way or another. Maybe not on the scale that I was in, or the one that Travis experienced. But we all have these types of feelings of insecurity or, or confusion from time to time. And we feel like it's the only way out. But there's a, there's a purpose for all of us here. And I think that 
if we can just stay patient and stay consistent in our healing and trust the process of getting better and focusing on our growth and and exercising and moving and finding the things that really ignite our passion and putting ourselves around good people and thinking good thoughts and you know all of those things then it can really make a difference if you're consistent and patient enough to go through with it all but i get it man it's like you get so stuck in feeling so sorry for yourself and it's hard to break free from it and you try to like mask it with happiness you know whether it's you know intrinsic or extrinsic whatever you try to mask it with like smiling and feeling good and you know all of those different things and there's a way out you know and i think of travis when it comes to this too because again travis is one of these guys that was like super positive all the time and you know always happy and i guess i just didn't realize like he was masking all of it he was in a way he was like just trying to you know to like bring joy into the lives of so many other people around him because he himself was feeling so bad and it was just a few days before he died that I saw one of his posts on Facebook where uh, a young girl who, who who I'm very close with, who has a, a mental handicap, um, was in his Jeep and they were riding around. And I'm like, oh, what's what's Jaden doing in the in the Jeep with Travis? That's cool. And then reading the caption, it was, uh, you know, Jaden was at the lake and Travis happened to be at the lake, too. And Jaden really loves Jeeps. And she had said something to Travis about it. And Travis was like, oh, well, shoot, get in. We'll go for a ride. And he took the top down on the Jeep. And they just drove around in the sunshine. And she was ecstatic, smiling the whole time, so happy that, like, he asked her to get in the Jeep and go for a ride. And it's just like, it's things like that that, uh, you know, we don't always realize that people are struggling until it's too late because we think that everything's fine. It's like that, like that popular saying, you know, check on your strong friends because you just never know. And sure enough, you know, that's uh, that's kind of what we, that's kind of what happened with Travis. <sighs> crazy, crazy. <clears throat> Life is so precious. Another thing that I've been having to keep in mind over the past couple weeks is that energy isn't dissipated, it's transferred. Energy isn't dissipated, it's transferred. And, you know, my view on death has obviously changed over the years as I've experienced it more and more. But what I've come to feel happens now is just a redirection of energy. Like, I don't just believe that once you die, you're just gone forever. I don't think that that's what happens. Like, I really feel like you go, that energy, your soul, your 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 aura, whatever it is, it goes somewhere. I mean, even in Rastafari, they, they talk about this. Energy isn't dissipated, it's transferred. Whether it be to another person or to, you know, the flora or the fauna, like, it goes somewhere. Even if it's not just, like, even if it's not the entire person. Sometimes I think that even part of us goes somewhere else. Like, I don't know. Here's a, here's a theory of mine. Uh, 
have you ever just been like naturally good at something that you've never practiced before or had like reoccurring dreams that you can't explain? Those are the things I'm talking about. Like I'd like to think that part of that is just energy being transferred from one person to the next, be it a spirit, uh, an animal, or whatever. Like may- maybe even just a spirit animal, you know? Like <laughs> I don't know, like maybe maybe like for example, Gab, uh, you know, my girlfriend Gab, she she tells me that like my spirit animal is a dog because I love to run and I love to catch things and I always have a lot of energy and, you know, I like to eat and, you know, all this stuff. And I don't know, like maybe, maybe at one point in, you know, the history of the world or the universe, uh, I was a dog or a dog, the dog's energy was put into me from a previous life. I don't know, maybe. I'd like to think that there's something cool going on like that. You know, who knows? But energy isn't dissipated, it's transferred. And I think that if you can look at death that way, then maybe it can be a little bit easier for you to find closure, to find peace, and knowing that it wasn't just all for nothing. And part of this person lives on in some way, shape, or form. But another thing I think, and and this is really for the people that are feeling down, that are really going through the hard times right now, this is a question for you. Or this is a, you know, a, a, a point for you. And this is one that I've been doing for the past couple weeks too, is sit and ask questions. Sit and ask questions. And, and really, here's the most important one. And if you're writing this down, good. If you're not, like, commit this to memory. The question is this. Is this sadness or depression? Everyone at one point or another uh, experiences sadness. Like, when we're disappointed, when we're mourning, when we're grieving, fighting with somebody we love, our mood can shift dramatically. We can go from like, I don't know, genuinely happy, feeling good, to sad and depressed, like at the drop of a hat. And a lot of times these feelings of sadness may last for, I don't know, an hour, two hours maybe, maybe even a few days. But the question becomes, is this something that is acute or is this something that's chronic? Like, is this something I've just been experiencing for the past day or or two Or, man, it's been like a year now. It's been like two years now. It's been like my whole life. Remember this. Sadness is acute. Depression is chronic. So you got to ask that question. Is this sadness or depression? Here's another question. Am I masking what I'm feeling with destructive habits? I'm talking drinking. I'm talking drugs. Porn. Am I smoking? All these things. Am I masking what I'm feeling with destructive habits? We want to make sure that we're not just distracting ourselves instead of like sitting and feeling some of the things that we're experiencing. Because if you're unwilling to like sit and be with those thoughts, then you're going to find ways to, to put that energy into something. 
And I can guarantee that if you're feeling depressed or sad or angry or frustrated, you're not going to go and make a big, beautiful, healthy salad. You're going to make a big bowl of shit and darkness and and despair. (laughs) You're not going to go do something that's good for you. So you really got to get clear, like, am I masking what I'm feeling with destructive habits? Here's another question. Do I feel lethargic or hopeless? That's a good one, right? Do I feel lethargic or hopeless? Because remember what I said a second ago, sadness is acute. Depression is chronic. Synonyms of depression, lethargy, hopelessness. Feel me? See where I'm going with this? Do I feel lethargic or hopeless? If yes, okay, maybe I need to maybe I need to reach out and get some help here. If not, excellent. It still means that you might need to get a little bit of help, but at least you know where you need to put your focus. Maybe all you need is a state change, a quick change in your environment getting outside and doing some some work. Go up in the mountains and break a sweat. Get on the treadmill and break a sweat. Get on the phone with somebody and have a good conversation. Remember, the, the opposite of isolation is connection. And when you connect with somebody and share or just just even talk, man, you can feel better. Here's another question. Am I able to stay present or have I been finding it hard to stay focused? Am I able to stay present or have I been finding it hard to stay focused? This is a really simple question about presence. When it comes down to it and I'm in a conversation with somebody, where are my thoughts? Are they entirely focused and directed at the voice in front of me? Or am I over here thinking about what the weather's going to do or what else I have to accomplish on my list today or what time I got to pick the kids up or whatever. Are you able to be focused and present? If so, excellent. But if not, may need to look in on that a little bit. So you got to ask those good questions. You really got to sit and ask those questions because part of asking better questions, not only does it make you more aware, not only does it raise the, uh, the, the emotional intelligence about yourself, but it also, I think, can like raise your entire level of consciousness. And if you can do that, it makes navigating problems so much easier. It's when we lack consciousness. It's when we lack the, uh, the emotional intelligence or the awareness about how we're feeling or responding that we tend to stay stuck. And it can be difficult to, to navigate through those times. You know, and look, like all of these things that, that I just mentioned to you um, have all been part of my own healing these past couple weeks. But if there's one thing that's the foundation for overcoming adversity or death or, or, or really any obstacle is, and, and remember this too, please, it's me believing in me. It's self-confidence. It's knowing that no matter what happens in my life, 
It's happening for me, not to me. Did you mind below a little bit right there? <laughs> Let me say that again. It's happening for me, not to me. Like when you lose a friend, when you fall short, when you, when you don't finish a 100-mile race that you've been training 12 months for, baby girl, big dog, like that's happening for your benefit. It's not happening to you. Because if it's happening to you, you're going to react negatively. But if you can see it from a higher level of, of perspective or consciousness or whatever, and you realize that all of the obstacles are happening for you, you realize that there's something to gain. There's something to be learned. And it's learning how to recognize when your self-talk is working against you and then learning how to quickly reframe it to the positive that's going to allow you to grow. That's going to allow you to get better. And finally, you know, self-conscious for me is, it's really just knowing that you were built for this. I tell my clients this all the time, but like, the reason we train so hard, the reason I push you so hard and I make you sweat and I make you stand on one leg for three minutes at a time, all of those things is because you were built for this. You were built for struggle. You were built for discomfort. You were built for hardship, pain, sadness, death, suicide, hurt, loss, all of it. It will forever be part of the human condition. And as our consciousness grows, we'll recognize that if we do some of the things that I talked about today, we can better prepare ourselves for when it does happen. And if you're listening and, you know, you, you feel like I was or Travis or just need to talk to somebody about what you're going through, you know, reach out to a friend. Remember, isolation is the opposite of connection. You can also call the Suicide Prevention Hotline. And interestingly enough, I have this number memorized, 1-800-273-8255. <laughs> maybe I've seen it once or twice maybe I've remembered it and saved it for a rainy day but as I kind of wrap this up um, final thought here and I didn't even think of this until right now I didn't even realize it until now but uh, sharing all of this with you today I immediately like i I feel lighter. I got, I interestingly enough feel like sharing all of this today has kind of um, given me some more closure on the past couple weeks. And wow, I guess I, <laughs> I guess I didn't even realize that was going to happen until right now. Huh. What a good lesson that is right there. Just, just sharing it, speaking it, saying it out loud. Um, and the effect that it can have just talking into a microphone imagine what that could do for your your life if you were to just share it with someone that you trust and love or just sharing it out to the world in general i would imagine that if you're experiencing some of these things that it could it could really have a profound effect 
just something to think about. Um, but yeah, as we wrap this up, um, I just want to say thank you again for spending some time with me today, for allowing me to be vulnerable enough to share some of my own struggles, for continuing to, uh, to listen to the episodes and sending me your messages and commenting and, you know, just everything. I just appreciate you riding with me. It means a lot. So here's to life, to death, and all of the incredible experiences that we have the opportunity to see in between the two. Rastafari.